0: Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast alongside Hunter Pulaski in Petoskey. I am Peter Garber in Chicago. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In this week's episode, a a quiet episode because not a whole lot going on on the local side golf season pretty much wrapped up here in northern Michigan, but we do have a few college results Uh, to touch on and we will remind you of the Michigan guys playing in the Corn Fairy Tour finals which are taking place November 4th through the 7th at the Landings Club in Savannah coming up here so by the time that you hear us next week we will have results and know if any of our guys have made it through to get full Corn Fairy Tour status via the Corn Fairy Tour qualifying school. Um, We will recap the Bermuda Championship including a scooter accident involving one Grayson Murray. Hunter has the pictures pulled up on his computer right now. He says they're pretty gnarly, so we'll uh, we'll get into the the details surrounding Grayson Murray. Uh, he is supposed to be in the field for final stage of qualifying school, so we will see if the scooter accident is, is something that he can overcome in time to tee it up here in, in two short days, and we will preview... The Mayakoba Classic, the uh, the Victor Hovland's favorite event on tour, the two-time defending champion, uh, heads back to Mexico to def- try to defend his title for the third time. Um, I do have a Tiger Woods statistic for you that is uh, relevant to somebody trying to three-peat um, that I'll touch on later when we talk about the golf tournament. But first, Hunter, do you want to just... I think Grayson Murray getting injured on a scooter is at least as exciting as the Bermuda championship in terms of what happened on the golf course. So have you been able in this short amount of time to do enough research to tell us what exactly happened to Grayson Murray?
1: Yes, I think I can. I think I can give a, a decent idea. So based off of this, it looks like it was it was happening last Wednesday. Cause it was, it looks like he was So set, the
0: day before he's supposed to tee it up in the Bermuda Championship.
1: Yep, he was traveling back to his hotel via scooter around 4 p.m. He was turning around a bend in the road when he steered near the center line, unfortunately for the golfer. <laughs> very unfortunately, very unfortunate for the golfer. A car was coming in the opposite direction, also moving towards the center, which results in the 29 year old colliding with the front corner of the vehicle, knocking him off his ride and rolling several feet. Leaving him unconscious and uh, fairly bloody. Um, not Grayson Murray is a real dickhead, but this is—I this is, sympathize <laughs> for a guy falling off a scooter because I have,
0: have. you fallen off a scooter?
1: I have fallen off a scooter.
0: You are a. Uh, this is this 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 story hits close to home for you, I know, because you're such a big scooter guy. <laughs>
1: I was. I, I used to be. Um uh, not, not 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 as much anymore. Um,
0: I love the image of you riding a scooter it's in my mind I've never seen you ride one but it's uh it brings a smile to my face nonetheless
1: so it looks like he could in theory as long as he's a tough guy he should be able to play golf I think he, he has you
0: guys are both way too big to be riding those first of all can uh, we just can we agree those things are dangerous I mean, regardless of how you feel about Hunter or Grayson Murray, every time you get on one of those scooters and you try to ride it down a road that cars drive down, you are, it is a dice roll.
1: Um, Yes and yes and no. I would never ride one of these things in like the city because then I think you're just going to get hit left and right. But in Petoskey, like people, people in Petoskey are very respectful of, of like pedestrians and and
0: scooters apparently less so in <laughs> less so in Bermuda maybe yeah so I <laughs> I, I, I mentioned, it's not as front of mind for the uh motor vehicle drivers in uh in beautiful Bermuda in the North Atlantic
1: no apparently not so he had to get 50 stitches 20 25, 25 on his face and then I guess depending on where his other ones are I don't know if he'll be able to swing a golf club without ripping them he had no broken bones, so maybe he can just work. okay maybe, okay maybe so he it's
0: can just he's gonna give it he's gonna give it a go he's playing for his life, so I mean not his life I mean it's not a, it's golf to the death, <laughs> but this is a big deal i mean you you gotta get one of these get one of these cards in this uh, this week, November fourth through the seventh at the landings club in Savannah, or you know you're You're back doing qualifiers and stuff like that. So, well, just another reason, not that we needed it, not to get on a scooter today. You know, you say it's less safe in the city, but at least we have bike lanes.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've always been taught that you, you essentially treat that thing. You treat it like a car because in in the town it can go and go fast enough where like it. So you just ride it as if you were. So I almost think that's better than like a bike lane. You are a car
0: wasn't better for grace. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stay no. away from those center lines, folks. Yeah, I mean, those like, things yeah, will get you. Maybe, those other drivers.
1: Maybe don't go in the other lane.
0: That's very serious though. I'm glad he's okay because that could have been worse if he was knocked unconscious. I mean, it's... like when's the last time you saw somebody dri- riding a scooter that had a helmet on?
1: Uh, he had hel- he had a helmet on.
0: Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, well, thank goodness for that. <laughs> he probably Yeah, he could have had a very serious injury had he not been wearing a helmet. Likely, wow, he must have really gotten hit hard. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he did.
1: Yeah, I think he. I think he. uh, You don't go down easy on those things.
2: All right, so good
0: luck to uh, Grayson Murray overcoming his injuries this week and trying to get get some get some tour status. Good luck also to three michigan guys that we have in the field this week at the landings club at the corn Ferry tour qualifying school we've told you about them in previous episodes but so i want to touch on them again it's fun to see just their names if you go to the uh the scoring site, fun just to see the names in the hometowns up here so um alex scott from traverse city is one actually a peer of hunters played high school golf together we told you about him being on uh the latino america tour uh last year we followed him there and he's played well through the first two stages so he is into the final stage of qualifying school alex scott from traverse city as is willie mac the third who narrowly missed the cut just had a tough back nine on friday at the bermuda Championship. He was in that field by virtue of having won the Bermuda APGA Championship. He's won a couple APGA titles. Uh, Really good player out of Flint, Michigan. He is into the final stage of corn fairy tour qualifying school. As is Zach Robbins from Grand Rapids, who played his college golf at Cleveland State and is looking to get professional status. Uh, for the first time, and who charged uh in the final day at second stage to uh get through I believe it was on the number to uh to third stage, so all those guys with conditional status, but if you go and look at this field, that's a lot of guys with conditional status, so that really doesn't amount to much. You really wanna get through this week at the landings club, of course, they play a corn ferry tour event at the landings club, so most people are fairly familiar with this golf course it's kind of marshy as as you know a lot of savannah is uh, a lot of hazards but kind of resort target style golf with some large large greens and uh some fairly substantial wind on account of it being you know a relatively flat sort of area of the of the southeast there so uh those are guys that you can go cheer for on on the website is, is kind of goofy, so i would just tell you, Google Gorn Ferry Tour Qualifying School, and they should have live scoring throughout the week. They tee it up on Friday and conclude on Monday. And then, of course, we will have results for you uh, next week.
1: Is there a TV schedule or a coverage of this? For That's a reason, great
0: question. For
1: some reason, I thought there was. Yeah, so from... <clears throat> It might just be round four. Yeah, it looks like it. For the second consecutive year, the Corn Ferry qualifying tour final stage will provide live streaming coverage of the final round from the landings. Live streaming will be be available November 7th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. So the final stage on golfchannel.com, NBC Sports app.
2: Two
1: Two featured holes in bubble group seeking guaranteed corn fairy status
2: because who, uh, who who's doing
0: anything else between the hours of 10 and 4 on a monday during
2: the day would you like the tv coverage to be a replay after work no i was thinking <laughs> like maybe well for, for, i don't know i
0: mean I don't know what the Mayakoba schedule is like. They're on Central Time, right? Probably. So a little later, I was going to say try to stagger it with the PGA Tour so that you can, you know, watch it like a regular, you know, on the weekend. Why is it Friday to Monday? If you could stagger the time zones appropriately, you could get decent coverage out of both those events. I don't know. I just don't feel like the PGA Tour just does not do a good job of promoting this because i do think there's more viewership out there than they give it credit for
2: Mm
0: -hmm. i mean these are great stories if you do the broadcast correctly it's you know you know these are some of the most intense sort of moments of golf that you could ever imagine on a course and to be able to televise that i I think people would tune it in so i don't know i'm not going to put up a huge pitch a huge fit over it but Glad it's on TV for six hours, but that's six hours of coverage on a Monday over the course of a four-day event.
1: Can't make everyone happy; an impossible task.
0: All right. So you also have not a, not a ton going on in the college ranks, and the high school seasons of girls is wrapped up. But you do have some college results to touch on, real quick, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll uh, we'll quickly. Cover a, f- a few teams that were in action. They're finishing up their their fall season. So both Michigan and Michigan State girls were at the 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 la- uh, the landfall tradition, which was in Wilmington, North Carolina, at a the die course at the Country Co. Landfall. Uh, Michigan State continued to put together a very solid season. They finished in T sixth. Uh, Valerie Plata led the way at two eleven. Uh, Valenti- Valentina Rosa Rossi. Finished at 214 for a T13. Valerie was uh, eighth place. Layla Rains finished 224, T55. Brooke Bierman, uh, one of the strong spots for Michigan State this year, finished T62, 225. And Katie Liu finished 229, T77. They beat out Michigan by one shot. Uh, Michigan finished at a total of 872 in eighth place. Ashley Lau led the way at a T25, 216. Kayla Schultz finished T31, 217. Monet Chun finished T45, 222. Haley Borgia finished T49, 223. And Annika Dye finished T62, 225. Uh, and San Jose State were the uh, overall team champions of that event. Uh, like I said last week, Michigan boys are done for the fall, but... The Michigan State Boys played in the Cal Poly Invitational over at the Preserve Club in Carmel, California. They finished
0: in, coming off a record-setting performance in their most recent appearance.
1: Yeah. And they they continue to play solid golf. They finished uh seventh place. Ashton McCullough uh had a very strong performance finishing T sixth, two eleven. August Mikoff finished T21 216, Troy Taylor the 2nd finished T32 219. Uh Satchel Pierce uh finished T50th 224 and uh Drew Hackett finished T55 225 and the team champion was a Big 10 school. Actually, top 2 teams were Big 10 schools. Ohio State was the uh champion. And with a score of eight forty-five, and Northwestern finished second with a score of eight forty-eight.
2: Wow! Who was third? SMU. Interesting.
1: So a very. Um, I cannot see. I cannot find any rhyme reason behind this field. Besides, there's a lot of Pac-12 schools.
2: Yeah, it makes good out there. Yeah.
1: And that's uh, that's really all I have for for college. Um, I will. Peter and I are talking next spring. I will do a better job of doing the other schools. But now that we're kind of past it all, it would just be tough to to recap. So I will find some, maybe find some bright spots, some bright stories, and and mention those here in our our dog days of winter.
0: I could be wrong because I'm never certain that these are updated but this does say updated as of november 1st it looks like ohio state may have moved into the top 25 of the rankings by virtue of their performance there out in out in california i believe they're the only apart from illinois who's seventh in the country i believe they're the only other big 10 team ranked in the top 25 yeah that's correct So and that's just interesting to mm-hmm. interesting to know that Ohio State has a great university course that
2: they play a Corn Ferry Tour event at and that I've been able to. Columbus, you know what? It's a nice town. Wow. I don't love the campus, but I do think it's a nice town. Congratulations to
0: the Buckeyes. It's the nicest thing you'll ever hear me say about Ohio State.
1: Yeah, I feel like we're living in an alternate universe right now.
0: Did you watch the Bermuda Championship over the weekend, Hunter?
1: Not a single
0: shot. Well, I watched just my bank account grow and grow.
1: Yeah, this is always this always happens when you when you have a winner. It it's never like the first thing we talk about. You always have to like you have to like slowly us into it.
0: I didn't really I wasn't doing that intentionally. it's just I've moved on to Mayakoba, but I had such a I had an awesome week. first of all, I hope anybody who may have been listening last week jumped on with me for the Brian Gay and Nico etchevaria top forties, both at really good numbers. I believe it was plus one sixty. They both hit fairly easily. Nico kind of made it interesting on the weekend but had a great Friday and sort of rode that to a tied 31st or something like that. I think it ended up being Brian Gay was messing around with the top five for a while. Um, and he's just like, oh, this feels automatic at Bermuda, but even more fun was hitting the first round leader. Austin Smotherman came through with a nine under par 62 on Thursday Harrison Endicott caught him somehow after bogeying his first two holes of the day. Played his next 16, 11 under. Pretty good. To tie Smotherman, uh, which caused me to have to take a dead heat reduction. But that was uh, palatable for me after Seamus Power came took advantage of a little bit of a Ben Griffin collapse there over the weekend and I hit a Sheamus Power ticket at twenty five to one, which I also gave out on this show. So it's never like it's never a straight line. I had three outright tickets this week. Two guys missed the cut. One guy won the tournament. Um I also gave out Chad Ramey and, you know, he missed the cut as well. So I didn't have all winners, but uh, definitely a, a big, a very profitable week on the gambling side. So that was really fun. And I'm uh, eager to keep the hot streak going. I've had a couple back to a couple guys who have come in second already this fall, Just get a couple winners this week at the Bermuda. And these other, these, these events are sometimes easier to handicap because the courses are a little, more unique than the courses we're playing in the when we get into the heart of the season and the fields are 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 more unfamiliar to the average person so anyway i had the i had a really fun weekend even though i couldn't watch much of the golf because i don't have access to it i uh i was celebrating as i was watching the shot and watching the leaderboard updates on my phone So thank you, Austin Smotherman. Thank you, Seamus Power, for making my weekend. And Brian Gay and Nico Echevarria being the cherries on top. If you had told me Smotherman was going to hit my first-round leader, 75-1, to and then he was going to miss my top 20 at plus 280, I would have told you you were crazy, but that happened too. He really, like Nico, kind of took a step back. over the weekend, it was so windy. What footage I did watch of that event, I didn't give it enough credit for how windy it was going to be. Like some of those holes are very exposed, and it seems like a fifteen mile an hour wind there is a calm day.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's there's many days ever that are anything below fifteen.
0: Like their pins are like fish hooking. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just being blown like crazy. So. That's I've always found it hard to putt in those kind of conditions particularly since I have traditionally had like a longer smoother stroke like you seemed like you would be fine cuz you've got kind of a solid base and a little more bent over and a shorter stroke but when I'm over a ball and it's really windy I feel like I can't get I can't get settled Uh
1: yeah no I think I I mean I was expecting some backhand, some backhanded thing right there, but there wasn't anything there. So thank you. Yeah, I mean I could put okay in the
0: wind. No, that was not a personal insult. Okay, sorry to disappoint. You. <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> I'm just looking. I'm actually looking at the leaderboard. I need to start betting these guys because I actually had a good week. I Thomas, I, I gave out Thomas Detry. He finished T second. I did not know that. And then Shank finished thirtieth <laughs> after a terrible Saturday. I was looking for him in like the top ten because he was playing so well.
0: Yeah, he had a bad weekend. He had a bad weekend. He had it going in the first couple of days, but that's what Adam Shank does.
2: I was thankful for that because I, I think I'm off the. Sh- I think I've. I think I've. I don't know if he can do it anymore. I don't know. I'm less convinced than ever. I was never
0: fully convinced, but I was willing to support him at triple digits and longer. And now I think, I mean, last week he was 45. Which yeah. I obviously couldn't commit myself to, to doing, but I think I might be, I think I might be all the way out. Recently now well too. be prepared for me to take that, to, to eat those words in like a week. But yeah. as of today, Wednesday, November 2nd, I'm off the Adam Shank train.
2: This is what you call growth, folks. Hunter, what do you know about my cup? I know Victor Hovland likes it a lot. Does he ever? Does he ever? Two-time defending
0: champ, Victor Hovland. Last year at 23 under, I think, the year before that at 20 under. So we're definitely going to make some birdies this week, like we did last week, and the field is better uh this week we've got Scheffler we've got Hovland um Morikawa Finao. still not great but it's better um the course is short again 7,000 yards not quite as short as Bermuda but you know it's another resort course larger greens seaside vibe uh this one's a little different because it's like you know some of the holes are like jungle and some of the holes are seaside and some of the it's kind of more like the landings club which we were talking about earlier but um still has a similar vibe probably a similar grass type that kind of thing so you might see some of the form from bermuda carry over the whole field's not carrying over but um i do think it's worth looking at guys who played well last week because they're going to go to a similar track now And have the chance to do more of the same, which is irons and putting. This is not really a golf course where you can gain or well, you can lose. There's hazards lining the fairways, but it's resort. They're not trying to penalize you. You have to be crooked and penalize yourself. It's really a question of who can hit it the closest slash make the most putts. Um, which is evidenced by Hovland's stats. If you look back at the last two years, the one year he got hot with the putter. I think that was last year. Played kind of crummy on Sunday, but he made a bunch of putts and ended up shooting like four under. Um and then the year before that he just he led the field in the most of the major ball striking categories. So a couple different ways to skin this cat here at at, at Myacoba. Um what else? Par seventy one. Did I say that? Yeah, stretches on the ocean front, the jungle, and the mangroves. Um, not a whole lot else in regards to the uh, to the golf course. We're back to a a larger field here, but the numbers
2: the numbers are definitely better, but they're still not great. So you've got Scheffler leading it
0: off at nine to one. Seems kind of reasonable, but he's not in the best form. Hoblin's right behind him at 10 to 1. Fino 14. Horsel 16. Morikawa 16. Wise 16. Has a, an amazing record here. McNeely 18, who has a good record here. And then it jumps to Grillo and Taylor Montgomery at 28 to 1. Hoagie closes out everybody under 40 to 1. He's 30 to 1. So I actually really liked two of these guys heading under this week, Wise and Grillo. I didn't expect to have to pay these kind of numbers for either one of those guys, so I've not placed those bets yet, and I don't know if I can quite get there. But there's reasons to like all these guys if you're looking at the form and the history kind of converging there, Uh, particularly Wise. McNeely Horschel has never played poorly here Scheffler made a run at this last year we ended up like in fourth place and Hovland's won two years in a row so it's pretty tough to handicap the top of this board is anybody standing out to you there
1: um I would just say shop shop books because I I got McNeely at 29
0: Grillo at 29
1: everyone I mean I think everyone was a little bit higher than what you had mentioned are you what where are you on
0: I'm on DraftKings. Yeah, so this is
1: FanDuel. Billy Horschel.
0: So there you go. Top of the board go to FanDuel this week. Yeah, Scotty's Scotty's
1: at 8-1. to one, But then it's it's 10 for Victor, 15 for Colin, 16, 16 and 16 for Billy and Tony. Aaron's at so 18. So what do
0: you get for Aaron Wise there? 18. Yeah.
1: So he's still a little bit. It's top, <laughs> It starts at it to hope The books are telling 29.
0: you, please, please, please don't bet Aaron Wise. Yeah. We're afraid of a loss on Aaron Wise. Aaron Wise being 16-18 and 18 to 1 is crazy. It's the same price on DraftKings as Morikawa who's playing here for the first time but think about that. That's just nuts, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even Horschel but at least Horschel has some history. So then as you go down the board I that's where I start seeing names that I can get interested in. Brendan Todd won here the year before uh Victor started his stretch of winning. Oh, before, before, you,
1: before you move on, I, there's one more that Taylor Montgomery, what'd you say he was like 24 to 1?
0: 28.
1: So he's 40 to 1 on FanDuel.
0: Yeah, 20, 28 to crazy 1 is a number. wild number for a rookie. I know he's <laughs> playing great, but he's never never played here before. Yeah, like who's betting that at 28? Watch, he'll win the golf tournament. Yeah. <laughs> he is scorching happy.
1: He, he I mean, is like a finishing position. You'd be a fool not to put, like, top 20. Well,
0: have you been doing it? No. I guess it makes you the fool. I am the fool. Neither have I. I've been winning, and I hasn't even been because of him. Okay, so Detry. You mentioned you were on Detry last week. We both liked him. He finished second. The guy is playing really well right now. And that's what I was saying about the form carrying over from Bermuda. I bet him at 45. I thought that was a totally fair number. I don't know what you can get him on. Get him at, at FanDuel, but he's down to 40 on uh, on things. I mentioned Todd. I have not bet Todd yet, but I think 45 is fair. He's also playing very well. couple top tens already uh, this fall and is very, very comfortable on this on this golf course. Has great results here. KH Lee, why can they not price KH Lee? K I first when I opened this on Monday, KH Lee was 60 to 1. I immediately bet that. I, I just don't get how you can price him behind guys like Russell Russell Henley and Jason Day and Matt Kucher. Keith Mitchell, who has a terrible record here. I mean, I just thought it was nuts. He's now down to 45 on DraftKings. I don't know what he is on Fanduel, but if I tell you he's over 60, I would take it.
1: No, he's only he's only 39.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so. A- there's some finally some value there on DraftKings. I mean, I love my 60 to one ticket. I said I, there's no reason for me to bet that other than the value, because I don't know. I mean, the form sure the form should, uh, is fine, and the fit should be good. I guess irons and putting, but. Really, it's just, he's way better than all those, so many of those other guys in front
2: of him that is hard, it makes it hard not to bet. Um, So that's where I'm at right now.
0: I haven't taken any real long shots because I don't have a great feeling about any of these guys this week. I think that the guys at the top of the board play well here. And I know it's not a, it's not deep in terms of elite players, but there's enough guys there that you got to get through that makes me think, you know, these hundred to one plusers are, uh, you know, might have a tough time this week. But I do like a couple guys for finishing position. Joel Damon has a good record here. We like him on these kind of courses. Steady Eddie, he plays good, uh, plays well on on uh, these tropical windy layouts. He won. Uh, is that Punta Cana, Puerto hmm. Rico? One of those two, I think Punta Cana. Um, and he has a really good record here, so I like him for a top twenty at plus two eighty. I like Grillo. I mentioned that. I like Grillo a lot this week. I like Hoagie this week. I think those guys are are reasonable for top tens, particularly Grillo. At plus 270, I think Todd to top 20 at plus 170 will probably be my most substantial wager of the week, if I had to guess. And then he's also plus 400 to 10, uh, which I like. And then Danny Lee has a surprisingly good record here, a guy who likes to pop here and there. Uh, let me take you through. I have the course history of so I'll take you through that. And he has a really long number. I think it's like plus 280 or something to top Forty, no to top 20 maybe I'm on Danny Lee to either top 40 or top 20 uh, tournament history here going back to 2018 uh, Horschel has gained the most strokes Dan- then Danny Lee then Todd Adam Long this was second in 2020 third in 2021 and then 22nd last year his form is not great but Rillo, even though he was cut last year, it's not playing well at that time, has gained 28 strokes here over the last five appearances and has two top tens. Then Hovland, who was actually interestingly cut in his first two appearances here in 2019 and 20 before winning then two in a row. Uh, There's Wise next, who has a 10th, a 15th, and a 2nd to go with two missed cuts. Kuchers, 3-for-3 in his last three tries here. Damon, 5-for-5. McNeely, 3-for-3 with a 12th and an 11th in his last two. Uh, Scheffler has an 18th and a 4th. English plays this course well, a couple fifths in 2020 and 2021. Patton Kazire could be an interesting... If you were going to throw down a penny on a super long shot, that might be the place to go. He won here back in 2018, not playing well, but um, has winning upside. Piercy four for four here. Brevy four out of his last five. JJ spawn might be a good top 40 kind of a play. He's five for five as is Tyler Duncan, though Tyler Duncan's in a little bit of rough form. So those are some of the guys who pop, uh, history wise
2: uh here at Mayakoba. Hmm. I don't know what to do with this <clears throat> this week. I mean I think it Y I can't you can't bet. I can't bet
1: Victor Hovland at ten to one because you you have <laughs> I thought some. about
0: i'm honestly thinking about betting scheffler at nine to one yeah you gotta bet more than 10 bucks on an outright though to even cash a 100 which is was so far scotty outside my comfort zone was what's last, that was
1: last time scotty played golf the pres- uh, so the cj cup probably how do you play at the cj cup
0: yeah i don't think he played that great but i don't i mean Irrelevant. I don't know if I care that much about that. Do you? I just
1: think I I, I care more about. I think I think. Right, I mentioned like coaching. So I think rest versus rust is a very real thing, and I think it always leans more towards rust.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think he, he,
0: if you played CJ Cup, you knocked the rust off. If you're playing for the first time since Presidents Cup or, like, Finau, I don't think it's played, yeah. right. Morikawa has played Horschel. Mm, I don't think Horschel's played. Maybe not sure. So there's maybe a couple guys that you're right. I would be wary about. Nah, eh, boys. Cage Lee played. He may not have. Oh no, he played CJ Cup. I think CJ Cup is kind of a knock the rest off kind of event. Don't you think?
1: Yeah. No, I think I'm. I'm fine with that. I just don't know. I think I have to. I saw Taylor Montgomery top twenties plus one thirty. I don't care what the what the the experts say about rookies at this course. He is just defying all the odds right now. Uh, I mean his his streak he's on between the Corn Ferry last year and the PJ tour this year. I mean if you were just if you were in a coma until until eight weeks ago, you'd think Taylor Montgomery was the best golfer to ever walk Planet Earth.
0: <laughs> well, he doesn't want a tournament. But yes, he's been very consistent. I do think some of those top 20 odds are fair. You mentioned him, he's he's plus odds. I mentioned Todd, Detri are in that plus 170 range. I really like those guys. I don't think I mentioned Detry at tied 22nd in his only previous appearance here. So um, I think you can go right back to Seamus Power, like for a top 20 type of play. This is the same kind of a golf course, you know. If he's playing well enough to shoot 19 under in Bermuda, he can probably shoot 14, 15 under here, you know, which should be plenty good for a top 20. He can maybe even get himself into contention. I don't see Seamus power win in two weeks in a row, but see, I think um, I feel
1: like an Irish guy. He wins a golf term in Bermuda. He probably was on like a three day bender. Showed up, showed up on Wednesday with a shirt on, to go play nine holes
0: yeah well i think most irish guys probably play pretty well after they've had a couple
1: that's probably true maybe so maybe it's the opposite effect
0: <laughs> he, i don't think it's his win. first rodeo here so to speak no probably not probably not unbelievable russell henley As a get two sidetracked first in fairways gained in this field fifth
2: in approach 125th in putting Not very good. Are you Are
1: you ever going to tell us the Tiger Woods stat that you've just been sitting on the entire episode? Oh,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, I will. I forgot. So, Victor Hovland, Victor Hovland, folks, is looking to win this event for the third time in a row. Can you name the last person to win the same tournament three consecutive
2: years? Hunter. Steve Stricker. John, very Deere, nice. John Deere Classic. And what tournament was that? The John Deere Classic. That is exactly right. Mm-hmm. Which was very exciting. It is very rare. Now I can't find the stat. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tiger Woods has won four separate events three times in a row. Victor Hovland is looking to do it for the first time. It would be the first time it has been done on the PGA Tour since 2011, ending three in a row for Steve Stricker at the John Deere Classic. Tiger Woods has won four separate events. Three times in a row,
2: people. He has won two other events four times in a row. Unbelievable.
1: I think I know one of those.
0: Sometimes you read these things, and you're just like, I forgot. Like, I I was there, and I watched it, and it totally blew my mind. But then you say something like that, and it puts it back into perspective. Just how much better he was than everyone else and how much better he was not at, just at golf but at
2: winning
1: well I, I assume one of them was was either the whatever they call it the buick opener
2: buick invitational what was the other one that was four in a row firestone maybe maybe yeah
1: that sounds right but it had to be had to be the buick right Was one of them i don't know that but i just he won that event like eight times
0: well, he won he's won the Tory Pines a bunch of times too, but I don't think he won that four times in a row.
1: I was surprised. I saw I saw a stat that that sent Steve Steve
0: Mercedes Oh, uh Pry Bay Hill.
1: Oh yeah. I was uh when I was looking
0: at be Bay I Hill. saw people that are probably stat. listening being like these guys are such idiots. It's well, Bay yeah, Hill. I'm sure they It's Bay Hill.
1: Probably not the first time they've it's said, Bay Hill. said that this episode. I was uh, I was very surprised that between um, Hovlin potentially doing it t- t- this week and then Steve sugar there's been 2 two-time champions, back-to-back champions in those whatever that be eleven years. I was kind of surprised that number was that high.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, I remember last year we had we had three, right? Hovlin did Hovlin kick it off, or did somebody win even before? No, yeah, Havlin, Then Burns won. Somebody else. Somebody uh, else won two in a row. Sony? K- did K-H Lee win? Cage Lee. Yeah. K-H Lee is the answer. K- when in doubt, Cage Lee is the answer. When you don't know who to bet, bet KH Lee, okay? Yeah, exactly. You want to get some value on somebody, bet him this week.
1: Oh, uh, oh! I, before we, before we get off, I'd like to have your, your thoughts on the tunnel
0: incident this past weekend.
2: Yeah. I don't know what the hell happened there. Like did, is there extensive video footage? I would uh,
1: define extensive, but I mean, there's a, there's some decent clips.
2: Like start to
0: finish, like do we know even what happened? Like how did these altercate? How many altercations were there, and how did they begin?
1: Uh all I know is I think we're up to eight Michigan State players suspended from the by the school already. So they must have a decent video of it if they if already if they're already knocking heads
2: down.
0: Yeah, I don't know. They gotta figure that out. They gotta figure that out logistically. A because it feels like. This should never happen. That was kind of my first reaction. Is like, why would how could they ever get into a situation where this is possible? And then second, I saw the one like clip of the video where it looked like one guy from Michigan against a lot of guy a lot of guys in Michigan State jerseys. And the Michigan guy looked like he was like basically on the ground. Oh yeah. I think and I was like, oh, that's this. I think, this is bad. that could be eight guys right there. Yeah. That I, might be the only video they needed to spend, suspend eight because it was like a circle of them surrounding this one guy. Now, granted, he must have done or said something. Meaning the kid, this kid from Michigan to instigate that, I would imagine.
1: Yeah. If you saw it when they were. You're going
0: to be, you be beaten up by six different guys for no reason other than wearing your jersey and winning the game, I don't think.
1: No. No I I, I I believe that we live in a world where that does not happen. like it, there would have to be something said. Did you see the there was a video from the field view of of them entering the tunnel and you could t- you could see the security between the last Michigan State player, last of the Michigan State players, and the Michigan players, which I think is, sounds from like what I've read. that's very standard practice. like they have in theory they have logistics for one tunnel that they're supposed to abide by. And somehow this Michigan player, you can just watch him. He just sneaks past the security and manages to get probably like 25 Michigan State players in front of the last Michigan State player. But you could see there were a couple instances where there were Michigan State players walking right next to Michigan players. And like they were just walking to the tunnel. Like at the end of the day, it is, it is a game. So, I do think he had to have said something, probably not probably didn't say anything warranting um him getting beat with a helmet. But that's why. Oh,
0: I, they swung their helmet at him too. Oh yeah, there's a
1: video of, of, of like helmets big time like helmets to like
0: that could easily be you could easily be dead. Yeah, the old Miles Garrett.
1: Yeah, which which let's pump the brakes a little bit on we have there's like people Miles Garrett, like nothing happened to him, like he was, he was back in the, he was back, like nothing happened to him, and they're calling for, like, heavy assault charges against these guys, which I guess is, it's just, I feel like we have a precedent now. I know it was in game versus out of game, but helmet, throwing the helmet or swinging the helmet, swinging the helmet, I think. So I know it's NFL college, but it's just weird how there was no assault charges there, now we're calling for assault charges across the board
0: yeah no i don't know i've seen that word thrown around a lot that's become a complicated complicated (laughs) word the past few years but like i don't i don't know i don't really want to weigh in on that i'm not i haven't seen enough of it my my main takeaway is it's just kind of sad and i wish it hadn't happened so that's the conversation following the game is you know uh, it's that rivalry's gotten a little out of hand the past, maybe handfully. Does it feel worse now? I don't really know
1: what that means. More I've heard I've heard people saying that too, like this rivalry is out of control. We need to we need to temper it back and, and like a fresh start. It's like I don't really what does that what does that mean
0: to you? Well I don't know. Who's who's who started it? Somebody on our team was like stomping on the middle of your field or something. Remember that. Oh,
1: wasn't that Devin Bush? Devin Bush that though. was like he was like he was like that was like he was like that's the kind feet. of
0: that's like yeah that's the kind of thing I'm talking about where it's like that's that is not that's not appropriate dude you can't do that and then this
1: yeah yeah I don't um I honestly don't know how because I I truly believe that the fans the fans are going to care a lot more about this game than the players are. Like the players are only there for three to four years and like fans have been going through it for like X number of years. So I really think like in the smaller picture of the team versus team, I can't imagine there's like that much animosity. Like these guys probably like played football together growing up. in a lot of cases they are like not friends, but like know each other well enough and like respect each other. I swear it's more like fan base. Fan base
0: versus fan base. Yeah, but this goes again. This episode certainly goes against that. You don't swing your helmet at some, unless he made like some really personal attack, and that's why. I, that's why I think i just I'd rather wait because I don't for all for all we know he said something about that guy's mom or you know like there are some things that you can't say too. There are some things that you can cannot do. And there are some things that you cannot say. And (laughs) there may have been both of those. There may have been one of those or there may have been both of those. But I think there's going to be they're investigating everything. So all these kids presumably are going to get interviewed. And let's just the Miles Garrett thing, remember, was involved a. a, He
1: I I remember what it
0: Lobbed a claim, (laughs) which was a wild claim. (laughs) <laughs> which was then disproven. Yeah. But you know, this could get more complicated before it gets, you know, before it gets uh, cleaner based on how this investigation goes, which is even sadder because now we're going to have to read about this and hear about this for another couple of weeks probably. Oh, I think
1: at least. Yeah. I think this could be like a like a moment for the big house to... Either I like, I like i was about to say, I don't think I don't know how like Michigan versus Ohio State these games have ever, how there hasn't been, we haven't heard more about these tunnel incidents, only having one tunnel. Like, there's so much emotion, yeah. there's so much emotion running after
0: a game.
2: I know, right after the game. Yeah. Man, they've done, it,
0: frankly, they do it each time you go through that and you avoid the temptation of saying something or doing something to a competitor. Is, probably deserves something of a pat on the back, but yeah, they got to separate them by more time or we customarily spend a fair amount of time on the field after a victory. So I'm not sure if it it just, because of kind of the pushing and shoving that was going on on the field that it took Michigan state longer to get off the field. But we, that's, I think, one way you do that is you have your team go over to the student section and sing the fight song and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that all takes, that song and dance takes a few minutes. By then, the tunnel should be clear. So, apparently that didn't happen in this case. But
2: Nope. Wasn't a very good game either, was it? No, no,
1: it was... No, it was ugly. Michigan, Michigan, uh, good teams cover great teams, or good teams win, great teams cover. Is what I have to say, because Michigan
0: State did end <laughs> up covering. So you had you had your you had your money on. Did you have money on it?
1: No, no, because I thought I thought Michigan was gonna blow their doors off, and I wasn't gonna bet Michigan, so I did not bet.
0: Well, if field goals counted for six. We would have really, we would have yeah, counted easily. If you would
1: have still had Quint Quentin or Dean. That could have been a tie ball game for all we know.
0: <laughs> he's in the NFL,
1: which is crazy. That's that's absolutely crazy. I mean, that's like a that's
0: pretty- Jake Moody might Jake Moody might be one of these guys that gets drafted when he kicks so. a field goal. It, it looks like he's never he's never missed. Like it, it's like the most natural looking motion. I've never seen him like really really snipe one.
1: His um, and he
0: kicks it so high, comes off his foot so high in the air that he never, he rarely, if ever, gets a uh, kick blocked.
1: He must have a really big head or really a really fat face because his helmet looks very funny on him. If you notice that, it doesn't fit very yeah, well.
0: Yeah, it's it's scrunched in there. Yeah, he's from like Northville, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. I,
1: I can't believe Quinn Nordine is in the NFL
0: that Guy, I'm not sure if he's he, he's not starting, but I, I've like it became, seen like, him when it became I'm like a running filling out drill. a DraftKings lineup or something. I was that like, he would Wow, like,
1: he would miss like any kick that once I remember that once the next season, he could be anywhere on the field, he was gonna miss,
0: but he can make a 70 yarder. Yeah, I mean, that's just like a
1: classic case of like throughout the film, he can kick a long
0: ball. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. We got to get this guy's leg, yeah, he's got a big leg. That's a great expression. All right, Good luck at the mycobe and is fun. Decent field, you'll see some big names and contention. so
1: all right, enjoy it. Good luck.